0: Today's episode is brought to you by Open Mortgage, where better is possible. The economic net worth of the Heckam program improved by over $7 billion, and here is why. FHA and Heckam loan limits are increased again. Many cheer, while others express concern. And the early retirement dilemma, to work or not to work, That is the question. These are your top reverse mortgage news stories for the week of December 7th. You're listening to Heckam World Weekly. It's the nation's only weekly podcast for the reverse mortgage professional. Welcome back and thank you for joining us. Just a couple days ago, I received a call from Jim Veal and he told me something that just absolutely blew my mind. And that is we had a $7 billion, that's with a B, Improvement in the economic net worth of the home equity conversion mortgage program within FHA's mortgage mutual insurance fund. Now he found an issue that led to a correction. Now here it is. He noticed a $5 billion discrepancy in the economic net worth of the Heckam program. That was shown in HUD's annual report to Congress when he compared it to the actuarial review of FHA's insurance fund. So there's two separate reports, the actuarial review, which had one number, and then HUD's report to Congress, which was highly publicized in our industry. And there was two different numbers. And that discrepancy actually totaled over 7 billion. dollars. Now, he had a couple of suspects as to where that change in the valuation between the two reports could have come from. One was differing numbers for the net present value of the HECM, or two, the cash available in the HECM portion of FHA's mutual mortgage insurance fund. So, at the end of fiscal year 2020, the actuaries, Pinnacle's Actuarial Central Estimate, of the uh, Heckam portion of the Mutual Mortgage Insurance Fund, said that our cash flow was a negative $329 million. And the total capital resources that were reported by FHA's audited statement, and that was showing a negative $5.64 billion. That was a figure that the actuaries were using because it came from the Office of the Inspector General's Audit of HUD and FHA's financial operations. So Pinnacle was originally using a negative number from that Port FHA said they were using a corrected number. So here's the bottom line. As a result, The Pinnacle, the actuarial firm, updated their review to increase HUD's capital resources to a positive $1.597 billion, which would agree with HUD's annual report. And that would make the economic net worth of the mortgage mutual insurance fund, at least the Heckam portion, a positive $1.268 billion. That's a $7 billion difference. Now, this is really important. It's noted with an underline in the actuarial report, and this also can really help our industry show that we do, in fact, have some market improvements. <music> FHA and heckam loan limits were increased for the fifth year in a row. Many in our industry, of course, cheered the decision, but some expressed concern. heckam's with a case number that are assigned on or after January 1st, 2021, will be eligible for the new national lending limit of $822,375. But those of you who have been following loan limit changes and also the reforms in the industry are going to probably ask, wait, didn't the Trump administration call for Congress to abandon a national? lending limit and put back local or regional county lending limits? Yes, they did, but remember the operative word is Congress. Neither FHA or or HUD can unilaterally change the present loan limit scheme. Rather, it requires legislative approval by Congress, and that would only be the situation where you'd see the loan limits change to a county-by-county or regional situation. Now, be sure to watch our video, our Industry Leader Update segment this week. You're going to learn who benefits the most. We're going to give you an example. How much more a 70-year-old borrower with a higher valued home would actually net in today's particular interest rate environment with a higher lending limit? Also, the, the risk of geographic concentration of HECM loans in just five states and the potential impact on the private or jumbo reverse mortgage market. So what about the concerns? Well, moments after the uh, limit increase was announced, HUD issued a formal press release and it questioned the wisdom of actually having such a high national lending limit. And these were the words of FHA Commissioner Dana Wade. FHA has seen consistent increases in loan limits during the past few years, putting it in a position to serve a segment of borrowers that may be better served by the conventional market. FHA's mission is to support low-to-moderate income borrowers, so why does the law permit FHA to insure mortgages up to $822,375? This is a question for Congress and the taxpayers who stand behind FHA to answer. And I do see her point. She's saying that's really taking on a lot of risk to serve people that are probably more affluent, which would technically fall out of FHA's, uh, you know, mission statement to help low to moderate income um, borrowers to really obtain their home, the American dream of home ownership, correct? However, the Heckam program has no such mention of income level or um, you know, total assets, whether they're wealthy or poor. But again, great news for those of you that are in high valued areas and you're going to be able to really net some significant money for all the details. Go to heckamworld.com if you're not there already to our latest video on the industry leader update. And our final story for the week comes from NASDAQ from Forbes advisor and contributor Taylor Tepper. It's entitled The Retirement Dilemma, To Work or Not to Work. Sounds Shakespearean to me. Many Americans, he says, are on the cusp of retirement, but often they have too little saved but cannot keep working full-time as long as they may want or need to. And retirement advice typically focuses on the savings end of the dilemma, but exports are now imploring workers to stash away anything they can typically up to 15% of their pay in an employer-sponsored retirement plan, such as a 401k or 403b, or even an individual retirement account, as soon as they possibly can do so. Now, the admonition is actually less useful for the older worker who have much less time to benefit from compounding interest and returns. But financial advisors are now often recommending that older savers stay on the job as long as possible so they can keep earning a paycheck and thus delay beginning taking Social Security benefits. But... Then comes health problems, or they may have a spouse or family member who needs their full-time attention as a caregiver, or they've been laid off. And so some may actually claim Social Security as early as 62, and of course that commits them to much lower monthly payments in Social Security benefits. And some think that's their only option, but there is a middle way, says the article, and one that's worth considering to work part-time and then forget about the full-time commitment of a salaried or full-time position. And of course, that is exhausting, even at my age. So why do people retire when they do, writes Taylor Tepper? Well, the choice is to retire is actually determined by forces greater than those that are in our control. So COVID-19, of course, has been especially har- harmful to the older labor force. And then the problem of early retirement people are free to choose what's best for them, and they may actually have some unrealistic expectations, and that could also create some roadblocks in transitioning to retirement. So this is where it gets tricky in how to plan to pay for the last quarter of your lifespan, yet few may be prepared to do so. Just 55% of households are actually headed by someone between the ages of 55 and 64 with a retirement account, that according to the Federal Reserve, and that's down from 64%, by the way, 2004. The average amount that they do have saved is over $134,000, but most retirees still continue to depend on Social Security for about half of their household income. And then, of course, pensions and retirement savings account for about 16% of household income, and then savings accounts for the other 6%, but that leaves a 25% gap in household earnings that may need to come from part-time work. But Tepper writes, but here's the rub. Social Security payments get larger once you begin to wait to receive the checks. And on average, the benefit rises about 8% each year. You delay payments until you're required to take Social Security benefits at age 70. And then you look at somebody in the age of 61 to 62. By the way, that is our prime market, at least for new entrants into the eligibility for the home equity conversion mortgage. Maybe they're way behind on their savings and have already stopped working rather than being able to replace almost three quarters of their pre-retirement income with social security the amount estimated they'll need to maintain their same standard of living maybe they'll only be able to replace half and that's going to make it a challenge and thus we would hope if they're a homeowner they can tap into other assets but if they actually took a job a part-time job even if they had no benefits where a non-traditional job is, Tepper calls it, and worked for six years, they would be able to retire with income that replaced nearly 70% of their pre-retirement income, largely thanks to delaying Social Security benefits. <music> Wow, that was a information-packed episode of Heckam World Weekly, the nation's only podcast, at least weekly podcast for the reverse mortgage professional. Be sure to go to Heckhamworld.com if you're not there already. That way you can see our weekly video series, articles, and our monthly top 100 Heckam Lenders report. And you can also subscribe and listen to this podcast on iTunes or on Podbean. Again, thank you so much for joining us and be sure to return next week for more reverse mortgage news on the go. Whether you're exercising, driving, walking, doesn't matter. We're here for you. Have a great week.